Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text today comes from the second chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go to pay him homage. When they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So I want to start off by saying the following. This is kind of a, um, one of those kind of advisory or things that they want to say before a special episode. This sermon is going to be political, and that might bother people. But what I'm about to talk about is political, and the Christian faith has to be at times political. Christians can be political, but... What they must not ever be is partisan. And if we as followers of Jesus decide to favor one party over another, our witness is damaged. But having said that, Christians must be political at times to speak out when it comes to matters of justice. And so I hope that is what this sermon is attempting to do. So now that I have said that, I do want to say happy Epiphany. Epiphany was actually on January 6th. That is the day that we normally celebrate it. We are commemorating it today. This is the day that we remember the visit of the wise men or the magi. They followed a star. They met and worshipped the baby Jesus. In many parts of the Spanish-speaking world, this visit is widely celebrated In Puerto Rico, it is called the Dia de los Tres Reyes, or the Day of the Three Kings. 
And I remember as a, as a child being fascinated by the wise men. And I would remember memories from my mother um, who grew up in Puerto Rico talking about um, how they would put hay underneath the bed um, for the camels as they came to visit the house. And it still fascinated me even more when I went to, I went to a Lutheran school for a few years during elementary school, and they would put a nativity scene, and of course it was scripturally incorrect, but they had the wise men at the nativity scene with the shepherds and, and, and the family. And I was always fascinated by the three wise men. One, because they were of, a lot of, they were of different colors, their faces were of different colors of other people. So it was just always fascinating because I felt I could be a kind of a part of that. And so I loved the, these, these people who were strangers from a faraway place. Whenever we talk about Epiphany, the wise men, in many ways, are the stars of this story. And there is good reason for that, because the wise men are telling us the good news of Jesus that came through the Jews was to bring salvation to everyone. But there is another character there that we don't always talk about or we kind of don't really think about much. And that is King Herod. I'm pretty sure he doesn't really show up a whole lot in the children's stories. We don't see him in the nativity scene. But the thing is, he is an important character in this story because he reminds us of the forces that Jesus is up against. And he is a reminder of the way that the world works and why we so desperately need salvation. So who is King Herod? Well, he is a king, the king of Israel. He was installed or at least supported by Rome. At this time, Israel was part of the Roman Empire. He's known for big infrastructure projects. He did a lot of big buildings were being built. He actually basically um, remodeled and enlarged the temple in Jerusalem. Um, all of these things he is very well known for. But there is an important thing here. He was not from the lineage of David. David, the Davidic line, were the, the line of kings that ruled Israel. He was not part of that. And that it would always cast a pall over his legitimacy. So because of this, he is incredibly, incredibly insecure. He was so insecure that he had his relatives either imprisoned or executed. So you can kind of tell this was not a guy that you was necessarily a great ruler, even though he built great infrastructure projects. So you can imagine how he felt when one day you have these three strangers from a distant land, and they are coming and they're asking, where is the king of the Jews? And the scripture says that he is frightened or troubled. What's interesting is all of Jerusalem was also troubled because they knew about Herod. They knew that he could sometimes lash out 
They knew how he could be as a ruler, and they were worried that they would bear the brunt of his wrath. So Herod consults the scribes. The scribes basically tell him, coming from the book of Micah, that there is a king that will come from Bethlehem, from this small town that seems insignificant. And that information, he passes that information along to the wise men. Of course, he is not doing this out of the goodness of his heart. He wants to know where Jesus is because he wants to take out his competitor, which is exactly what he does later on. After the wise men leave, and they are actually, as you see in the scripture, warned not to go back to Herod, they go another way to, get, to go back home. Herod then orders soldiers to go into Bethlehem and kill every baby boy under the age of two. That is incredibly cruel and monstrous. But that's what he did in order to protect himself. He thought that he had rid himself of this troublesome child. Of course, he did not. Jesus and his family escaped to Egypt. Joseph was warned in a dream to go and leave, and they fled. And so he was protected from the wrath of Herod. Herod is a reminder. He is a reminder of how the world operates. We are obsessed with power and will do anything to keep it. And Herod, especially being a king, loved power. He worshiped power. He wanted power so badly. He needed it to define who he was. And it was so important that he wanted to go after Jesus, a two-year-old baby that threatened to take away his power. We have seen Herod before. He has ruled in places like the old Soviet Union and its client states. He's ruled in Nazi Germany. He ruled in apartheid-era South Africa. He ruled in the Jim Crow South. And he wants to rule in our hearts. Wherever there is a desire to have power, to maintain power, to keep it and to be number one at the expense of others, you'll find Herod. This is where the sermon gets a tad bit political. What happened... Of course, something else has happened on January 6th. And this past January 6th, we remember what happened on the attack or the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021. And and it's fascinating that this happened on the day of Epiphany. A mob storms the Capitol, believing that... (laughs) 
the current, for, the now former president did not lose an election. A lie that was spread over and over and over again. The former president did whatever he could to try to keep power, even though he had lost an election. He went to court to try to decertify votes, and he lost. He tried to even bully his vice president to not fulfill the duties that he was assigned, and he lost. Over and over and over again, he tried to cling to power. And the result was the assault on the Capitol. What happened last January 6th in 2021 was another example of yet another Herod trying to hold on to power at all costs. But the irony here is that January 6th is a day we remember a king that didn't seek power and yet rules over all of creation. A king that was born not in the center of power of Jerusalem, but in Bethlehem, a small town, but that was also the birthplace of David. As he grew, this king would have a court of fishermen, probably would be considered nobodies, who sometimes weren't all that smart. This king would go and heal everyone and anyone, no matter of their station in life. And instead of ordering to kill others, he gives up his own life in order to save all of creation. The desire of power for power isn't just a problem for all of the Herods of the world, because it's also in our hearts. It's a problem for all of us. We are all tempted to want to have power, to have control. We might not be ordering infanticide. We might not be trying to have people storm a national, um, national capital. But we are all tempted with power. And we should never be tempted to think that we won't ever be like Herod. Because we can be, we have been, and we are all tainted by sin. But the good news is Jesus shows us another way. Jesus shows us a power that comes from a different way, that seeks to build and support and redeem instead of dominate and destroy. In 1934, there were a number of Lutheran and Reformed theologians and pastors, and they were troubled by what was going on in their native Germany. The year before, Adolf Hitler became Chancellor of Germany, and shortly thereafter, the Nazi party basically took over everything in Germany. And one of the things that they wanted to do, they were interested in basically remaking all of German society under the control of the Reich. And that included the church. The church was being challenged 
to basically be under the role of the government. And to these theologians and pastors, this was troubling. And so they came together and they wanted to come up with a document that said, this is not right and we will stand for our king and not for the Fuhrer. The Nazis wanted to create what they called a German Christian church that would supplant any church and put the church under Nazi control. The church was no longer simply just there to worship God. It was now also in service to the German nation. And these pastors said, that is not right. That is sinful. They came up with this document. It is a document that is incredibly important um, in Christianity. It is called the Barman Declaration. And if you ever have a chance, I hope that you will look it up. But basically, it states who the church belonged to. And I can tell you, it was not the property of some Austrian with a funny mustache. It belonged to King Jesus. Today and every day, we are always being asked, we are always being tempted with the question, who is our Lord? Who is our leader? There are Herods out there that demand that we follow them. And they want all of us, all of our lives. And they will do anything to keep that power. But our leader is Jesus Christ. The one that was born in simplicity and in poverty. Who healed. Who welcomed sinners. And who saved us all. And we pray every day that Christ gives us strength to always walk and see Jesus as our king. Epiphany is a day that we remember who is our king. So let us give honor just as the wise men did long ago. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's fccsaintpaul.org. May God be with you in the coming week.